Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Byron Lambert. We're going over the waiver wire here for week five. Um, a couple of quick notes. Of course, you can find all of our pro content over at rosterwatch.com. Uh, the snap counts, such as the targets, have gone up for the day. The waiver wire cheat sheet will be going up this podcast is just a supplement to that so make sure that if you're interested in finding out exactly how much free agent acquisition budget we are allocating for each one of these players or exactly how we have them stacked up within these tiers make sure to go to rosterwatch.com and download the waiver wire cheat sheet it makes setting waivers a breeze also if you've been enjoying the dfs uh, podcast every week that I, that really is a big time pain in the ass to, to get out for you guys and, and and the trade cast that byron puts out that he puts Clearly, if you listened last week, you see the amount of work that he puts into that. We need you fucking freeloaders to give us a good rating and, and, and review in Apple Podcasts. It's, it's that simple. If we don't see a big tick up in those ratings and reviews and Apple Podcasts specifically, those two podcasts are going behind the paywall. And we'll leave this podcast up and Trash Man's shitty fantasy fallout podcast so we can sell advertising on those. Okay, but as far as the Tradecast and as far as the DFS podcast, those are helpful podcasts that take a lot of time for us. And whenever I look at the number of ratings and reviews that we have as compared to the analytics for the number of you who actually are listening, it really is egregious. And there are a lot of you out there who just feel like this is an all take and no give situation. And that's just not sustainable for us. So please rate and review the podcast. I'm not going to say anything about giving away free roster watch memberships and everything like I always do. We will honor that and continue to do it. But quite simply, we're, we're taking the podcast away if, if you don't give us more rating and reviews. So with, with that being said, Byron, um, the, the Wave Wire podcast will stay up for everybody. We're, we're, we're happy to do it. This week, though, it's about, it's about as shitty a week on waivers as, as, as the mood that I'm in, I think. Alex, you're a psychology guy. Isn't that a form of negative reinforcement? I don't know what it is. It's just a form of me being pissed off. I, I just I look at the number. I, I look and we have we have we literally have ten to twenty times the number of weekly listeners and just downloads, and that's without spike weeks. Then we do ratings and reviews and Apple Podcasts. It's just it, it, it's egregious. And so, look, this one will stay up. Trash Mans will stay up, but the Tradecast and the DFS Pod. You and I work way too hard on those to for people who just who are just going to listen and, and not give anything back. They're not pro members. Like we need to be doing this for our pro members, right? And, and so, if we if we have two podcasts that we can sell advertising on, that we can derive that form of revenue from this podcast and from Trash Mans podcast, which I view as far less valuable. Than, than, no, than the Tradecast and the, and the DFS podcast, then let's sell advertising on these two and let's make sure to pass on the value to our actual pro subscribers, the ones that are supporting us, the ones that are allowing us to do this, and not the people out there who are, just, who are literally just taking the information, taking the content, and not giving us anything back. I mean, th- does that not make any sense? I mean, yeah, last week the Tradecast was a seven or eight hour endeavor. Tell you what, if it I takes rem- a long time, man. It takes, and then on, for, for for the DFS pods, I, I have to, I have to wake up in the morning. I have to do the Vegas tool. I have to do my Roto Grinder show. I have to then after my Roto Grinder show, sometimes between sometime between that and the Sirius XM show, finish the Vegas tool, then record a whole goddamn hour and a half's worth of podcast breaking down every single game, and then I got to go on the Sirius XM radio show. 
for, for another two to three hours, depending on, you know, how, how we're scheduled for that night. So it's not an easy thing to do. It's not something where it's like it fits into my schedule easily. It's something I'm, I'm always having to cram out. You see my emails to our webmaster every week. I'm like, I'm sorry this is up so late. I'm scrambling to get shit done, but, but we need to get it up. It's a, it's a time-sensitive pod because it only has like an 18-hour shelf life, right? Because it's it's not going to be worth anything once, once lineups lock the next day. And so with all that work we put into it, with such a pain in the ass, it is it's like i know our pro members depend on that stuff i know that they depend on the trade cast i know this is just a supplement to what our pro members you know what they use anyway so it's like this can stay up trash man stuff can stay up once we get into the off season maybe some of that stuff can stay up but unless we get more ratings and reviews and we see that our audience is engaged and that that we have an audience of people who aren't pro members that if we ask them to do something for us and ask them to help us that they will help us and, and that they'll come through like our pro members do it's like what the fuck are we doing this for I mean, what are we doing it for? We're, we're, we're doing this for our pro members at Roster Watch. And so they're the ones who should get the premium content unless we get buy-in from some of these other freeloaders. That's all I'm saying. And the way I remember it from high school and college psychology is that the counterintuitive element of negative reinforcement is not that you administer a negative stimuli. It's that you remove a positive stimuli or reward. Well, and that's exactly what I'm planning on doing. So that so that, that this this could be negative reinforcement. It takes two seconds to rate and review the podcast. If you don't know how to rate and review a podcast, it, you should know because as a good person and as a good listener and as a good steward of 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 the of the podcast that you listen to, you should be rating and reviewing them. You should be like. So it's the least you can do to the content creators that that you appreciate. With that said, Byron, a shitty week on waivers, from all I can tell. Um, here at the very top of the cheat sheet, you have a couple of wide receivers in Cortland Sutton and Jamison Crowder who are probably owned in most leagues. But by all means, if Cortland Sutton is available in your league, now's the time to go out and go get him. The only issue before was the touchdowns. We had to, and then we saw this week that touchdown streak or that non-touchdown streak broken in spectacular form. I believe he had two versus the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. I mean, he should definitely be owned at this point. He's been on the sheet all season. Most of Roster Watch Nation drafted Cortland Sutton. He was so high on both sheets that pretty sure most of you listeners who use the draft uh, cheat sheet already roster him. But for those of you that that didn't or don't, you know, he, he is a must add. You know, even in ten man formats at this point. And Alex, you were a formerly a Jamison Crowder owner, I believe, early in the season. I mean, you remember the target share he was getting, Darnold probably still a week or so away from coming back but those guys off the bye out of the way now no Quincy and Nuno you get Herndon re-entering the picture a little bit but for Jameis Jameson Crowder to be available in 55 percent of leagues that uh I mean that 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 seems like a pretty good option to me this week but you're right it's a little bit thin behind that let's just start out with uh and so as long as we talked about those two kind of key players there at the very top I think that you know, I think that guys like Ronald Jones, Jalen Samuels, and Darrell Williams could maybe slot in with slot in with them. I think that I think Cortland Sutton is probably in a diff. I think if I'm good, I think I might. Would you Would you have any any issue with me putting Jamison Crowder down in the? Because I am I'm actually more interested in some of these other wide receivers than I am Jamison Crowder, and I'm more interested in some of these running backs than I am in Jamison Crowder. Do you really think he needs to be in that Cortland Sutton tier? I do. I'm surprised to hear that from you. I'd be curious why you think that. I mean, he's getting massive targets early in the season. You got Darnold wasn't even healthy in week one. They've got the buyout of the way. I mean, 
To me, especially if they're looking at half point PPR or full point PPR, I mean, to me, there's how many better. I mean, that's a very good wide receiver pickup, and you know, maybe you don't have to spend so much for him. If you want to bring him down to the top of the tier below, that's a good go. The sheet goes to you every week for editorial uh, review as we lock down our quality control processes at Roster Watch. So whatever you think, man. I mean, but for those of you guys listening, Jamison Crowder needs to be are, owned. Are, I would put in a waiver claim for Jamison Crowder and all my own. Look, one thing to really highlight is that everything we tell you guys to do on these podcasts and that we deliver to you, you know, through the tools. These are all the moves that we want to make in our own leagues. I'm going to go put in a claim for Jamison Crowder wherever he's unowned tonight. If that is indeed the case, no, I just but, but we just need to clear clear up. He got massive target volume in in, in week one. He With hasn't Sam- gotten massive target volume since then. But that was Sam Darnold's week, so I get that. So you think it's going to go right back to that once once, once Darnold's back in the fold? I mean, if you think that is, he's got to be a good option the rest of the, in any PPR format, half point, full point, Crowder. You know, I mean, he's not going to win you this season, but. I mean, I think he's going to be like a wide receiver three. You can start every single week. I just, I just, I but I just think Golden Tate is too. I think guys like Golden Tate and maybe Debo Samuel. I mean, he's off of his buy as well. I know. I just the, think there's other. You got other options. I mean, the saving grace for Tate is Barkley being out. But I mean, how many? You got, you're Sterling Shepard's going to get targets. Evan Ingram's going to get targets. Gallman's still getting targets. You got a rookie. You got a rookie quarterback. I'm not, not the Don. I mean, I, I get it. Those guys are basic. They are back to back on the sheet. So you, you can make the argument to me. Crowder has a clearer path to every week viability. You know, that said, Golden Tate has, you know, had the certainly had as uh, more skins on the wall. So. I, I understand their I understand their two their both of their positioning. My only question is if he should be and I think Crowder should be in the tier as far as the free agent acquisition. But I don't think you need to spend the same to get crowded that you do to get sudden if that makes well, sense. i hope that's true i hope that's true okay all right over in the running backs here in the first group jalen samuels last night looks like i mean do you think this can continue with jalen samuels and the wildcat as long as big ben's out that offense hums a little bit whenever it kind of whenever he can come in there and be a runner in that wildcat form and we know that in college i mean he was an all-senior bowler we absolutely love jalen samuels coming out he has a skill set where he can play a million different spots. Do you foresee that sort of package continuing, or is it just going to be a Ronnie Brown kind of two-game flameout? Well, you're the one that always says that Mike Tomlin's not a rational being. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> I care about anybody the wild say that, I just care about the fact that, you know, is Jalen Samuels getting some snap count integrated in the offense? What the hell was going on the few, first few weeks when he wasn't, and is this something they're going to be committed to? Look, where the news is coming in that James Conner is a little bit banged up. We'll see how he progresses through the week. Uh, so, obviously, Samuels gets, uh, I mean, is enticing if Conner's banged up or, you know, potentially could miss any time. And, I mean, right now you're just hoping that the team commits to him and, you know, like a 30%, maybe 40% snap count moving forward. And if so, you have, a, at least in PPR, you have a, you know, a low end flex play in, at any given week if you need to pull him off your bench or even if he's a starter for you in a competitive league is the way I see it. But, you know, again, in, like the Ronald Jones of the world or the Daryl Williams of the world where you could have a Damian Williams back or, you know, you have Bruce Arians, you know, coming out this morning telling our good friend Jenna Lane down here in Tampa that he really likes what he sees out of Peyton Barber. It was it sounded like it was a hot hand situation is what 
how Bruce Arians was at least attempting to characterize what occurred out in LA back in Ronald Jones old stomping ground. So, you know, I, there's a, I'm interested in all these guys, but could any of them swindle you? I mean, what could possibly go wrong, Alex, in a week where you're picking up guys like Jalen Samuels, Ronald Jones, Daryl Williams? <laughs> Ronald Jones, I'm, just, I'm trying to look here and see. Um, just trying to – so he was only a 30% snap participant. Darryl, I think he got Darryl, some home cooking back in the college – yeah, I mean, this is this is a three this is a three way timeshare, and this you're going to put him in next touches. week and get four points, man, and be on tilt. You know what I mean? It, that may not happen. We'll see. Just I like Ronald Jones. He's the top guy on top running back on the sheet. He's on a good trajectory. It's just that you can't go crazy on these guys because you still can't totally trust them. And I think Daryl Williams falls in that same category. Once Damian Williams comes back, who knows what that guy's role is going to be. Right. I mean, for right now, as long as Damian Williams is out, uh, it's it's looking like, I mean, he and Shady McCoy are a, what, it's a 60-40, 50-50, you know, with Shady McCoy getting the getting the early touches. But I just want to look at the snap counts here and just, I'm sure you already checked this out, but so 38% snaps. So, yeah, I mean, it's actually, Darrell Williams had 54% of snaps last week, but only 14 touches. LaShawn McCoy had... Uh, 38% of snaps, but 11 touches. Shady McCoy also had the two touchdowns. So using him more at the goal line, I just, do you think that once Damian Williams comes back, that Darrell Williams remains a, a piece in this? Or is it he, he and Darwin Thompson just go back to being dust? I don't know. I had to try to get maniacal for Ross to watch Nation this morning and DM our friend Therese Paler over there on that chief spit that, it, that beat that exact question. Like, has Damian Williams somehow kind of lost his job? It seems like maybe that's happened. What's going on here? We haven't heard back yet. But those are the concerns and the questions you have. It's a muddled situation. Does Damian Williams slide right back in, which means uh, Daryl or Darrell Williams' value evaporates? Or is this just a very muddled situation? And is LaShawn McCoy, I mean, indeed the you know 1a moving forward it kind of you know looks like it at this point so a lot of question marks in kansas city but also a ton of production you know to go around and you know alex one guy on the running back side of the sheet i have a sneaky interest in a deep competitive situation this week is i believe we actually have those colts at those chiefs yeah, i was going to ask you about naheem hines if he should kind of he should probably be at the top of the list just for this week's this week's edition because He's the negative game script back, right? When and versus the Chiefs, they're going to probably be trailing, or at least having to having to move fast and go quick. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it was strange to me to see some other outlets in the industry put out like Jordan Wilkins on their waiver touts today. Well, do you know what that reminds me of? A guy a little bit further down the sheet here, uh, who every every. Every moron in fantasy draft Twitter, and that's where the, you know the fantasy analytics crowd meets the meets the uh, meets Nerds. the draft crowd. Which basically, yeah, it's you know, I mean, we're kind of part of that crowd, but we do it differently. Is in we go out and watch these players, we scout them, we talk to their coaches, we t- we we talk to their trainers, we get to we get to Dude, meet. You're the kids. a former like legendary rush captain. I feel like we're the rush captains of this nerd industry. <laughs> The, uh, the, that's funny. I haven't thought about that in a long time. The, uh, the, the whole Dexter Williams love from the kind of dynasty and analytics draft community is just always been so cockamamie and they, they come out of their fucking stupid ass shells 
every couple couple times a year recently before it was in the preseason saying look he's going to get all the run there's no Jamal Williams there's no Aaron Jones all it is is you know Dexter Williams and some other guy that's not going to make the 53 and we saw even in preseason Dexter Williams fucking sucks like I I don't know I don't understand what what any of this is um so I'm glad to see that you don't have you, that you didn't rush to go you know breathlessly get him up to the top of one of these fucking lists just because it looks like Jamal Williams is going to be out for a little while. Well, let me explain why Dexter Williams sucks. It's because he can't shed first contact really through the line of scrimmage very well. If you give him a clear open running lanes, the guy's going to make big plays. Uh, but if he's got to hunker down like a traditional. NFL running back over any period of time, you're going to see that he can't shed contact, which can be a major problem for his overall viability. And, you know, I, I don't, we'll see is Jamal Williams. Uh, we'll have to continue to keep an eye on his prognosis, but as soon as he's back, it's the situation's remodeled once again. Yeah. The, the one thing I will say is that, that the green Bay, the, the green Bay offensive line, I, I, I have noticed that they've been opening up some, some, some big holes for their runners on, on well, Dexter Williams will runs. Run, he'll run through those for big plays. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one thing that we can consider. He's, he's, he's very much like a poor man's Latavius, you know? Like, and so we've seen that Latavius, whenever he has those wide holes opened up for him, everybody will remember his run against the chiefs back when he was with the Raiders, you know, he can go 85 yards untouched. He's big, he's fast. He's got a lot of athleticism to him, but he just, he's not going to get you down in and down out uh, product productivity. Anybody else here you want to talk to talk to or talk about uh, in the, in the running back category? I see Darius guys here at the bottom. He's starting to start to get interested in maybe stashing him for a little bit later down the stretch. Probably still a little bit too early, but our, followers and subscribers need to start putting that on the fringe of the radar for the four and oh and three and one teams if you can eke out a few more wins here the next few weeks we got haskins coming in these other running backs suck i mean when he comes back they're gonna he's healthy they're gonna tend to showcase guys down the stretch i mean that could be like a big shot of you know adrenaline to the heart to your to your team man at the end of the season and that that's like your team starts to run out of gas we talk about the attrition of the season and you know, uh, you, you need a boost down the stretch. He's the kind of guy who could do it. He could, he could, he could actually go absolutely bananas, right? So uh, Jamal Williams didn't practice on Monday, Alex, back to the Packers situation. So I don't know. You know, you could argue to move Dexter Williams up if you thought Jamal Williams was going to miss any span of time, but it's just well, too I think he is. Go. I think he is. But I still just don't – I just I don't, I don't want to pick up Dexter Williams. Yeah, I'm, yeah, sure. Um. All right, let's move over to the wide receivers. And I noticed here in this kind of second tier where we talked about the Golden Tates, I think Jamison Crowder should probably be there. But you, I think you think he's sort of a tweener between there and the Cortland Sutton area, which is fine. Um, that being said, I think we can get Crowder for cheaper. I think we can get Crowder for this. Move him down a spot. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, Golden Tate, though, uh, in this kind of area, Debo Samuel, only 27% owned. I th- thought it's interesting to see uh, now Corey Davis, who I said last week it's fine to drop to pick up one of these other guys, back sort of on the cheat sheet here, right there back-to-back with A.J. Brown. What, what I noticed when I looked at A.J. Brown's snap counts a little bit earlier, you know that he hasn't cracked 50% snap participation yet this season. And even last week, whatever he had, threw three catches for 94 yards and two touchdowns, he only had three targets on 44 percent of snaps he's just so much of a better player than ever anybody else and everybody else oh, they i have agree i agree 100 with that it's crazy is how you look back and you say how did he fall so far in the nfl draft 
Well, I mean, if we if we would have been in charge of things, he 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 would have been the first <laughs> he would have been the first one off the board, you know. But um, he's a great player. But I'm just saying, week three, I believe, yeah, week three, he had 50 percent of snaps. That was his season high. There's just, I mean, Adam Humphreys is getting 41 percent of snaps. They're still getting giving snaps to all these different tight ends. I mean, if you look at last week, Delaney Walker played a bunch. Johnu Smith played a bunch. This dude, Michael Pruitt, played a bunch. So. It's hard to it's hard to know how many wide receivers are going to be on the field at any given time for these guys. Well, it's certainly a cautionary is, tale, but you could flip that on its head and say, man, if he starts getting the snap counts, imagine what AJ Brown's going to do. I mean, so much of this has to do with whether Marcus Mariota can actually string any of this together with any continuity. You got to tread tread carefully with the AJ Browns and Corey Davis's of the world, but your kind of, your hand has been forced. I mean, if you need a receiver and you're on the waiver this week, those are guys you just you have to look at. Any of these other wide receivers you kind of wanted to talk about or hit on? I think that some of them are some of them are pretty interesting, maybe a little bit farther down in this. Uh, I, I really liked um I really liked what I saw last night out of Deontay Johnson outside of the fumble. He's looking like he's going to come around to be a be a real player for them, especially with Vance McDonald hurt. They're trying to get uh, trying to get things going with you know Zach Gentry and Nick Vanette at those tight end positions. Deontay Johnson operates in that same part of the field. Six targets, six receptions for seventy seven yards and one touchdown last night on sixty three percent of snaps. I mean, I'd venture to say that I would I would like Deont- I would like to own Deontay Johnson over Geronimo Allison. Well, it's just that if Devontae Adams misses week five, all of a sudden Geronimo Allison could be oh, a very, very, right, right, right. nice one-week play. Yep, yep. And the same thing with Antonio Callaway, who's coming back from, I believe, suspension. If Jarvis Landry misses, I believe it's Monday night football with the concussion, all of a sudden Antonio Callaway in a pretty sweet at least one-week spot there. And, then, you know, the other guy, you guys have been listening to us since throughout the draft process. I mean, one of our very best route runners in Indianapolis this year across the board was Paris Campbell. And had it not been for the Andrew Luck retirement and the training camp nagging injuries for Campbell, this is a guy we, we would have already been on high, you know, higher on. But he's starting to rear his head a little bit in this offense. Jacoby Brissett, who's settled in as what looks like a pretty decent NFL quarterback. Um, so, I, you know, T.Y. Hilton could be ready to go this week. But if, you know, he continues to miss any more time or – what not Paris Campbell is in a is a guy like I know is Chester Rogers did pretty well this last week as well in T.Y. Hilton's absence big picture I'm more interested in the Paris Campbell um let's see about uh the the tight ends unless there's is there anybody else you want to touch on here the one guy I want to touch on is like I think Preston Williams should be moved up he's on by this week it's the only reason he's okay Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I own Preston Williams in two leagues. I'm not going to yeah, drop yeah, him. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Oh, well, I was just, I was going to say that like there's right. I mean, I would drop Dante Pettis for him this week even though Dante Pettis is is his his buys over. Yeah, I think but. Pettis started to show out a little bit before the buy as well. By the way, it's uh Miami and Detroit on buy this week. Right. Okay, um, for the tight ends, I mean, God, tight end is just such a dumpster fire right now. This is interesting down here. When, is, when does Ben Watson get off of his suspension? Pretty sure it's a Herndon, so it was a four-gamer, so he should be 
back this week, I believe. That's an, that's an interesting note to interesting guy to put it in here. Um, I think that that's probably that's a that's a pretty good. I think like let's just here just let me look it up here just why why we're in the pod. So Ben Watson suspension. I mean, you had a bunch of good intel from him from New Orleans uh, or from New England um, practices. Let's see. Patriots get roster exemption for Watson in return from suspension. So it looks like the Patriots, they can so they can carry an extra player on the 53-man roster into the weekend when they can elect to activate Watson. So, yeah, it's this weekend. Um, very interesting. Well, he can go up a few spots. I yeah, mean, I, you're right. The Patriots, I certainly love the, the Patriots training are, camp. Thinking he, he was a viable option as soon as he returned from suspension. They have a great schedule upcoming too. Uh, yeah, so his his suspension is over as of yesterday morning. He's officially back with the New England Patriots. So let's 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 move him up to the basically. I think right here among these guys at the very top. Um, do you like? Well, would you rather have Jason Witten or Ben Watson? Jason Witten's been a really solid option so he far. He had 50 I don't, yards I, last night, four receptions. I don't, I don't I think, think you can put him. He's been good every week. I don't think there's any way you can put Ben Watson over Jason. You're hoping Ben, ben Watson pulls the Greg Olson and Jason Witten. I think you're. I, I think you're safe to put him above Tyler Eifert, though. Uh, yeah, Tyler Eifert, I believe, has the best matchup in all of fantasy for tight ends this week. Arizona. So I, haven't been able, I haven't been able to do the goddamn matchup tool yet. Okay, let's see. That's another thing that just has me fucking tilted. Um, what about Dawson Knox? Good two weeks in a row. Josh Allen needs his Mark Andrews as that thing's coming together. Do you, would you rather have Ben Watson or Dawson Knox? That's a close call because I have Chris Herndon right there too. You could put in a similar boat with Watson coming off a of suspension. You got to wait one more week for Herndon, but I think most people would have Herndon ranked over Watson the rest of the season if they have you know the same number of games left even with the bye I think people might still have Herndon ranked over Ben Watson the rest of the season okay so we'll move I'm going to move Dawson Knox down below both those guys I think is that all right it's up to you man I think listeners can listeners can kind of shuffle through those those are all Interesting players right there at the top of the bargain basement, you know, tight end heat. Guys who you might hold on to if they hit. I mean, the Jack Doyles of the world, that's a little more of a one-game situation. Yeah, I like that, this. Well, they, they, they all belong above Jack Doyle. So what it is, I, I think the way I would put in my claims would be Herndon, Watson, Knox. And then attach yourself to Tom Brady. I can live with that. With the, he needs with it. He needs a, more with weapons. such an excellent – I, I – I, I, Texted you earlier about New England's upcoming schedule. They're gonna they're gonna put their they're gonna put their feet on some people's throats after looking like shit versus the Bills. You're not gonna get any arguments from me. Jimmy Graham with the monster game this last week. I mean, it's very unlikely that continues just because it hasn't over the last few years. But he's a guy you kind of have to look at based on the amount of action he got this last week. And then surprisingly, man. It, Kind of real weird when you look down at James O'Shaughnessy's game log and see that he's actually been stringing Minshew something. Minshew kind of likes him, right? Minshew likes yeah. him. That's <laughs> crazy. I, I, I like Minshew, man. I think so do he, I. Yeah. Um, okay. And he might have been our second. Pretty sure he was our QB2 behind Daniel Jones. 
Oh yeah, had to the be. Senior Bowl had to be as sure as fuck. We thought he had so much, so much Jimmy Garoppolo to him. It wasn't Drew Locke. Oh god, it was not Drew Locke at all. It's great, man. See, like that's the kind of insight that, that we get from the Senior Bowl, going to seeing these guys live, as opposed to getting on Twitter and arguing with us that Will Greer is going to be better than Danny fucking Dimes. I mean, that that literally happened. Unbelievable. Uh, at the quarterback positions, um, Jacoby Brissett is going to be a is going to be the top streaming option this week. Clearly, right. Yeah, and he's really locked in as a nice option. He sets up really well with the matchup this week with Kansas City. The only thing about Brissett is that he has the bye next week. Okay. But, I mean, for this week, if you're streaming and, you know, I've, I've been having to play Brissett in a dynasty league that I'm in where I lost Drew Brees and I had to make a trade just for any quarterback because, you know, in, in these deeper dynasty leagues with deep benches, they're all rostered, you know. Even, like, the Dwayne Haskinses and the Daniel Joneses of the world and – you know, in this league, like Drew Locke is owned and stuff like that. I had a trade for just a lower end, lower end guy at the beginning of the season, and I was able to I was able to get Jacoby Brissett in turn for like a Robbie Anderson or something like that. And so I've been having to start him, and it's been it's been it's it's been terrific. <laughs> I feel like a trash man. You know, you know how when you're out of options and it's just like you know you can't tell if you're desperate or you know if you're just like good, even if you're des you know. Even if it was a desperation, I've been starting him. It's like that leads off to a terrific start because Chico Weaver sets been awesome. That's how I feel riding the Will Disley wave, man. I mean, this is what we do all this for. Right. Like we said, um, these are the moves we make in our own leagues. Uh, any other, like, I mean, we, we don't really need to talk that much about the quarterbacks. Like, is there anything that you want to just definitely point out about these guys? Not really. I mean, you hate to see Dalton and Cousins toward the top, but it's a thin week, and those guys have good matchups on paper. Oh, wait, because uh, Cousins and Diggs and Thielen have the Giants, right? I believe or, so. Is it the Giants or the Redskins? It's one of the two. Or was it Philly? It's one of those. It's one of the. It's one of those bad NFC. Vikings teams. at Giants. Yeah, yeah, and and they're gonna have Philly soon, and just like a bunch of the like, they have some good weeks coming up. I I I, I was investigating a buy low trade on Stephon Diggs, and um, so yeah, Kirk Cousins has some has some good matchups upcoming. And uh, Cincinnati has Arizona coming to town, which is also great. They might actually get a win, or I mean, maybe Arizona will get a win. One of those teams needs a goddamn win. Um, what about defenses? What do you think? Las Vegas is predicting the Eagles to be in the nut spot. 